Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Pro Radio Show. I'm your host, Amber Arms, and we have with us today Greg Tomchik from Norfolk, Virginia. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. How you doing? Hey, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, doing very well uh, here in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, it's sunny outside, so no complaints. And looking forward to diving in here with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Glad to hear that it's nice and sunny there. We got some we got some wind up here, but for the most part, you know, we're mostly staying sunny and warm. Hopefully, it kind of continues on that trend as we go into spring here. Absolutely. Yep. Got to love the sunshine and, and vitamin D and um, looking forward to the discussion and uh, hearing more about the listeners you have on the show and uh, what you guys are up to over at We Insure Group. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so just kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, Greg. You know, what do you do and, you know, what what are you about even when you're not on the work schedule? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, appreciate it. Uh, so Greg Tomchik. Um, based out of Norfolk, Virginia. Um, grew up in a military family, so was able to locate and relocate to a number of different military bases. Um, always saw the positives of that, being exposed to different cultures and different types of leaders. Um, fell into a baseball role, so played all kinds of sports growing up. Ended up playing baseball at the minor league level. Um, went to a local college called Old Dominion University here in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and early on in my career, I started a software development company. Uh, we were developing all kinds of technologies for local businesses, and we actually had a cyber attack, and that was kind of my light bulb moment to say, you know, business owners like myself at the time needed, you know, cybersecurity experts on their side, not just to put out the fire, but to also kind of be the fire marshal who helps inspect things before they go wrong. Um, so went on kind of a wild rampage um, in D.C., worked for a variety of companies, you know, trying to find my place in the industry. Um, did that for about four or five years. And, you know, now running uh, Valor Cybersecurity with a series of partners. Uh, we got a great team and a really powerful offering for the folks that we serve. And, um, you know, really just trying to make an impact on folks at the end of the day, help people make sense of, you know, what is a, normally a confusing topic of cybersecurity. And, you know, at one point in time, I didn't know what cybersecurity meant. Um, so I always try to level set with, you know, leaders that we serve of organizations, you know, to say, you know, we don't know it all and, you know, but we're willing to be a partner that can figure it out along the way. And, uh, you know, building a great culture, great team of experts over here at Valor. Um, and that really powers us through the day. And, and when we wake up in the morning, we can say we made a positive impact on those around us. And, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me willing to dive into um, any areas of my background here. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so fascinating that, um, you know, you mentioned that you also, you you were actually the victim of a cyber attack. You know, what was that like in experiencing that? Because I feel like that's not something people really talk about too much. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a reputational thing, but it's one of those things I lead with because, you know, I need to make sure that the folks who I'm speaking with, you know, have a level of trust with me. Um, it seems funny to a lot of people, you know, baseball player turned business owner in the cybersecurity space that had a cyber attack. Um, I think, you know, we start products or services for really two main, one of two main reasons. Either we've been impacted by it or we know somebody that's been impacted and we want to solve 
you know, that problem set or that obstacle that people commonly face, and then you create economic value with that. So, you know, in this case, I was an actual victim of it. My hair was on fire. I didn't know what to do. I was confused. I was trying to find somebody to help me. I really could not find somebody in my local area to say, I have your back. I've seen this before, and I'm going to make sure you avoid, you know, some of the pitfalls I've seen other people face um, during the same situation and kind of be that partner that held our hand as non-experts to be able to put the fire out um, and, you know, really try to turn that on its head and say, we're going to help you. Here are some things that could potentially go wrong. We're going to put some pieces in place to make sure they don't happen. And if they do, it'll be greater minimized, you know, just like you guys do in the insurance space. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to keep out 100% of people or bad actors, but if you can minimize the damage if they do, it can really kind of limit the amount of liability people are going to end up with. And I think it's really fascinating as an industry, cybersecurity, because it, it's so largely entwined with technology that is just constantly innovating and changing at a pace that I don't think a lot of other industries can really match. You know, how would you say that you guys really keep up to date with, you know, all the changes that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, definitely look to our trusted network to say, what are you seeing as a business owner or what are you seeing as a practitioner of cybersecurity? A lot of those conversations allow us to be in a unique position um, to, to really be, you know, the, the, what some people refer to as the cybersecurity concierge. You know, people need somebody they can go to that is not going to say, you, you have to buy our tool. And if you don't, you won't be 100% secure. You won't be secure at all. Um, we really provide a vendor agnostic approach where we give recommendations based off of what's best for the business. That could be a variety of options of tools. That could be a variety of options of vendors of paths to go. Um, but we always put kind of, you know, metrics that the business measures themselves on, you know, dollars, um, return on investment, things of that nature. Um, so that's really, you know, I think that approach, so we get to hear a lot of really raw feedback from the folks that we serve because we have that vendor agnostic approach and we're not always trying to sell them the next widget. Um, I think that along with just keeping up with our trusted network, um, obviously reading publications is key for our industry because what makes cybersecurity unique is that we're trying to stay either ahead or in alignment with a threat actor that's going after a variety of businesses to try to um, steal money or information that they will turn into some type of monetary gain. Um, and because those threats are also organizations, they're trying to stay ahead of us. So you're constantly really either even with them or behind, which really complicates the ability to effectively prepare. Um, and that's really what we help organizations do on a daily basis is say, you know, your business changes by the hour, by the day, um, by the month, we need to make sure that we keep your protections up to speed with how the business is changing. And that's where a lot of people have gone wrong when we talk about kind of where cybersecurity has been, where it is now and where it's headed, is that proactive approach to say, as a business owner, we're up to best practices. We constantly look at what we can implement in addition to this best practice. But I have some certainty that we're not going to be the low-hanging fruit that these folks are going to go after. And if they do, we know how we're going to respond. And when we can get more people to that state, 
um, that's success in our mind. And then if something does happen, we can advise them through that process to really minimize business impact in partnership with, with professionals and experts like yourselves who help throughout that process. Absolutely. And I think there's something to be said that having somebody on their side that is constantly looking into this stuff and constantly being, you know, able to know this stuff inside and, and out and just being able to stay up to date on it is something that I think really needs to be said because people already have trouble finding time in the day to do all of the stuff that they have to do to run their business on the everyday basis. Just having all of the extra time that they also have to spend in keeping their technology up to snuff, I think it's really something to be said that it's good to have somebody dedicated to that task so that they don't end up falling behind. Because sometimes just being a couple weeks out of date of the wrong type of, of web browser or having the wrong type of firewall or not having the updates done can really kind of really bring some major security risks for people. Absolutely. Yeah, just like, yeah it's, it's a great point, Amber. You know, I think just like technology, cybersecurity underpins really every part of the business in today's world because everybody's connected. Um, and, you know, that needs to be one of those things, just like as a company, we look to our lawyer, to our CPA, to our insurance providers, um, to the folks that are experts in those spaces to empower us to make proper decisions in that area of the company. Um, and, you know, the same needs to be done for cybersecurity even early on. And that's really what we provided a platform for um, for many folks and want to continue to spread our impact is when you have questions, you know, I don't know what cybersecurity means to my business. You know, how would you get into my business if you were a cyber threat? You know, questions that commonly come up when, when executives and leaders are reading things in the news, we are open to questions like that. And it's not a billable hour. It's, it's us being a resource to you to be able to ask these hard questions and we'll give you you know, raw answers to help you make the decisions. If you decide to work with us in the future, when an, a project or initiative comes up, then great. Um, but we've opened our doors and says, you know, we're here to support community. We want to protect people before they need it most. Um, and sometimes that comes along with just, you know, our doors open, come ask us questions when you have them, and we're here to be a resource. And that's how we try to approach the market today. That's a wonderful way to approach it, too, because there's just so much for people to cover information-wise. Technology is such a wide and broad subject. It impacts just everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis now. It's, it's just absolutely integrated into people's lives now. So being able to go to one place and say, okay, how do I worry about this? How do I protect against these types of risks? How do I protect against that types of risk? You know, just having all of that information in one place that they can go to where even if, you know, the person that they talk to doesn't know the answer, they know who to ask, right? You know, just having that network of people available that they can kind of call upon and make sure that they're doing everything that they can to make sure that everything is secure as it can be. Absolutely. And Amber, one of the things we found, I, I saw this early on in my career when I was working for larger companies, who are really leaders in the cybersecurity um, you know, space, both from a service standpoint, but also a product standpoint, was that access to this knowledge, which we really consider business critical because if a company doesn't have this, they can be taken advantage of and you know, they can be wiped out as a company and their company gets burned to the ground, they didn't even know it was coming, um, is that 
access to this knowledge and information was always behind a $20,000 paywall because it was large consulting companies providing this. So what we've done is really tried to eliminate or lower that barrier to be able to get started, to have access to this knowledge. And then, you know, this information, you know, these strategies can be used in today's world. You know, like you said, technology underpins everything. Security is starting to become a valuable piece of the conversation. And, you know, for most companies, a competitive advantage where companies will select either the vendor they use or the partner that they decide to go with because their security practices are up to speed or they have a, you know, a higher level or limit on cyber insurance. So it becomes a competitive advantage in the market to say, we know we're going to be sharing information back and forth between our two companies. You have things in place that are going to protect it, and that makes us sleep better at night and have less headaches, which we value from a from a business standpoint. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest aspects that people need to remember is that technology isn't going anywhere. It's, you know, it's definitely here to stay at this point. It's so deeply integrated into all of our everyday activities. It's not going to go away at this point. And at this point, if people aren't making sure that they're safe and protected online, it's it's a pretty big security risk, not just for any companies, but also for any, you know, personal information that might be put on there. You know, a lot of like small mom and pop shops, there isn't a lot, a large degree of separation between business and personal. A lot of them tend to overlap. So it's not even just necessarily, you know, customer information and you know, trade secrets that are necessarily at risk, but also just generally people's personal information that could become at risk just because they're not aware of what the risks are. You know, at this point, we have so many people that are just starting to get to know how to use technology and how to integrate it into their business operations, but they're not super familiar with what the security gaps are right? Because most of these people aren't like the million dollar companies that are able to get past that $20,000 paywall. They don't have that information on hand. Yeah, ex- extremely well said. Um, the barrier is still high, but, you know, we're hoping to make a dent in it. Um, we- raise our hand and say, you know, we're here to help the folks that have commonly been underserved and not really have been given access to this information. Um, and that's, you know, how we, we approach the market today, as I mentioned, um, but, you know, it's important to first have access to it and then be able to find ways to use it. Um, and I think we're we're getting there from uh, leaders are starting to take ownership. Um, I think some of that comes from regulatory requirements. So any company that provides credit is going to um, be under something called the FTC uh, safeguard rule, which requires them to have some, some things up to place. That could be real estate companies. Um, that could be um, that could be brokers. That could be mortgage companies. So anybody that really provides credit um, today is, you know, auto dealerships, they are going to start being required to do this stuff by the government. Um, and that's the government's way of saying, we know this is important and it's becoming a cost of doing business. Um, but what we found is it's way cheaper to do it up front. Um, and that's, you know, some of the successes we've seen recently is helping companies put simple best practices in place up front. And then they can save money on, you know, insurance policies or they can save money on, you know, vendor agreements because they now have some of this stuff in place. Um, and then when regulators come and knock on their door, they're, they're ready to go. They, they have no doubt in their mind that, hey, we're already aligned with this. We do this as a, as a part of our business and it's a part of our culture. 
and you know we're doing the right thing because we know it's the right thing to do and we have a partner that can provide us you know updates as needed um, so we find that to be critical from a business owner standpoint um, we know that there's folks who have who have been left out of the equation because they don't want to pay twenty thousand for an assessment um, and you know we want to help folks get started so they're not in the situation that I was once in where I didn't have anybody knocking on my door saying hey, you should do this, and we're going to make sure the barrier is low enough that you can make it happen, um, and then we can scale it appropriately as your company grows. And, you know, I'm trying to be the person along with my team that I didn't have before I was in that tough situation at one point in time. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's just generally a good idea for people to be, you know, just generally looking out for others and being able to, look out for their clients in a way that, you know, they're knowing that anybody who comes in the door is going to be secure with putting their information there. It's just great from a reputation standpoint, too. I mean, just consider how many industries and how many companies have had, you know, large scandals, I guess is the word I'm looking for, but just big news pieces that come out about how a bunch of information gets leaked, you know, it just can really kind of sell the clients that come in through the door that, you know, their information is going to be safe and secure. Yeah, Amber, it all goes back to kind of what the company values. Um, you know, every company values something different. You know, we've seen monumental financial penalties from these types of incidents, scandals, as you reference them. Um, but, you know, that's not even a part, you know, or that's a very small portion of the impact at the end of the day. It's, it's financial, it's reputational, yep. it's cultural. Um, it hits the entire company from a uh, holy, holy cow, uh, we didn't know we were this exposed. Now we have to spend triple, maybe quadruple number of dollars to put out the fire and then rebuild our house. Um, and that's rebuilding your culture, your reputation, and potentially, you know, the money that you had in the bank. So these impacts are out there. Um, they're happening every day. You know, recently we saw Chick-fil-A got hit. Um, by something in their vendor uh, supply chain, uh, Dole, the the lettuce and um, fruit provider. And then a big one recently was GoDaddy. I think more than 60% yep. of uh, U.S.-based and beyond companies use GoDaddy as their hosting platform for their websites. Most of the usernames and passwords, I think it was a majority, were leaked to the dark web. So people now have access to passwords, to company domains, those company websites, they sometimes power the shop or the product that these companies are offering um, or access to their menu. You know, this is their storefront online. And if, you know, it's taken advantage of or taken down, um, most of the time these companies often bleed out, which is not something that we want to see not happen. Uh, we want to see the economy grow. We want to see people, you know, with their smiling face running their business and, and doing it. Um, with with a sure plan in place and with, with the knowing that they have the necessary protections um, to be able to have a fighting chance if something does come up or in today's world when something comes up. Yeah, and I think it goes to show also that sometimes things are just truly out of your control as far as the cybersecurity kind of comes because even if you do everything right on your side of things and you protect everything, you could still have issues. Like even if you have all your firewalls up and everything, it's still good to have some of that damage protection internally as well. Because like what you said with the GoDaddy example, right? 
if someone just has a database in on, on their back end that's not necessarily secure, but all of the other access points are as secure as can be, like you need really need that security, not just at the gate, but also at every step through the process to try and minimize damage that can happen. Because sometimes it's truly out of your control. This episode is brought to you by WeInsure Center of Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. With access to over 200 carriers, WeInsure is ready to service all of your insurance needs for home, auto, business, life, and more. Simply call 484-207-6640. Again, that's 484-207-6640. Or visit WeInsureCenter.com. Get your free quote today. Yeah, one of the funny questions we commonly get asked when we come into an organization for the first time, and commonly, you know, the C-suite, maybe it's the CEO, the CFO, um, the chief operating officer, the person who's running the business from the ownership standpoint, they always ask, how secure are we or how secure do you think we are? Um, and it's a tough question to answer. Um, commonly, we know after we do a full assessment, but they're only as secure as their weakest link. Um, and that weakest link, like you mentioned, Amber, it could be that database or it could be the HR person that is not trained. Uh, it could be um, a process uh, gap that wasn't put in place when a fund transfer was requested from the, you know, a normal vendor or a normal person that you get funds transfer requests from. The person just decides to end up and send the money and it goes to an offshore bank account and never comes back. Um, as opposed to doing a you know, dual verification. So really a weak, a weak link could either be at the people level, it could be at the process level, or it could be at the technology level. Then that's why we really take that holistic approach to making sure where we cover all of those different areas to be able to see the gaps, recommend some actions that can be taken um, you know, with, with in mind what the business has access to from a resource standpoint. And then to be able to support them throughout implementing those initiatives, um, I think is critically important. A lot of times companies put a bunch of recommendations down and, you know, they run the other direction because they don't know how to necessarily implement them. Um, so we try to be that holistic partner at the end of the day and make sure we take care of folks. Um, and, and, you know, this is a high tech type environment. A lot of people run directly to the technology when they hear cybersecurity, you know, what, what kind of tools do you use, things of that nature. A lot of this starts at the cultural level. So an important aspect of our business is, though it may be high tech, we really focus on a high touch and experience for the folks that we serve so that they know they have a business resource on their side who's an expert when it comes to cybersecurity. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, Greg, I'm really curious. What would you say is the mm -hmm. biggest challenge that your clients will face in today's market and today's industry? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. I think it comes in all shapes and sizes, but I think the biggest obstacle a lot of companies face is simply taking the first step to get their organization in alignment with best practices. That's where we're really trying to get the masses when it comes to the organizations that we work with or you know, the biggest percentage of folks is we know this is a confusing space. We know that it's moving at light speed. And a lot of the stuff that they read confuses them because we have a lot of acronyms in this business because it's based out of a lot of government installations, XDR, SOAR. You have all these tools with different letters and combinations that 
You know, it, it's hard for people to get started because it frustrates business leaders and business owners. Um, so I think making sure that, um, you know, they understand that they have access to an easy button to get started, uh, whether that's, hey, I need to go get a cyber insurance policy or I'd love to take an intro level. Uh, we have a $599 one currently, an intro level, entry level assessment that will get me started to see what I should be doing. And then I can take targeted action um, from that standpoint. So I think the hardest thing we see when we talk to a business owner is them taking the first step. And that's kind of where we, we position ourselves to help more people take the first step to get their business up to best practices. Um, that may look different for companies in a variety of industries. Um, but the common challenge they all face is I don't know where to start. And I don't want to spend a bunch of money for somebody to just give me an analysis. And then I'm going to have to take it from there and actually act on it. I needed somebody to tell me where, what I should be doing, give me some options on way, on ways and paths that I can go. And then I have the needed support and the trusted partnership to be able to ask the necessary questions as implementation takes place. Wonderful. Well, that's, uh, that's very fascinating that you mentioned that. You know, how would you say that you kind of prioritize helping people take those next steps after they take the evaluation? Like, how does that work? Do they take the evaluation and then you guys are helping them implement it, or how does that work? Yeah, as a part of our experience, uh, definitely try to be as high touch as possible because we know a lot of questions come up when you start to dive a few layers deeper into the protections of a business. Um, but, you know, we, we try to make things as accessible as possible. We know that there's many costs involved with going through this process and it's not just money it's also time of executives time of operational people so what we've done is try to minimize those costs as much as possible from a time standpoint um, so we found some efficiencies of making our assessment online where they can go in and fill out a lot of the discovery information up front and then at the end of that questionnaire they can request a meeting with our team for a 30-minute consultation where We'll go over the information that they submitted, what they should be doing, and what we've seen organizations in their industry do well, and some of the pitfalls so that they can avoid them. And then we give them some kind of pointed recommendations on what they should do next um, with some really calculated estimates on what resources to use based off who we understand is a part of their organization, or we offer to support them in certain areas that we're experts in. Uh, we have a, a few partners that we work with in different areas that we're not experts in. And then from there, they can um, either choose to, to select us or a series of our partners or go with their other provider if they have an IT provider that can do some of the implementation. Um, so, you know, all that combined probably takes about an hour, hour and a half of their time, as opposed to what we've seen from other organizations where it probably takes an hour, an hour and a half just to talk about the statement of work or what they could potentially do to take the first step. So we want to drive people to action quicker and taking that hour and a half we've seen as a huge benefit um, for these executives to be able to kind of have some oversight over their cybersecurity program. Um, and it leaves them a little bit better off and saves them a lot of time, which we think is a critical part of the cost when it comes to you know really doing anything in the business environment. Well, that's wonderful. I, th I think it's really good that you guys are really working to break down some of these initial barriers for people to just kind of get people 
a little bit more well positioned to be able to get started, you know, because like you said, the hardest thing is just getting involved to begin with. It's a lot of jargon. It's a lot of unfamiliar concepts, a lot of unfamiliar terminology for people. And just being able to get them to take that first step, I think really opens a lot of people's eyes as far as, you know, what they can do to change the security levels. You know, just generally, I think that cybersecurity is something that's only going to continue to become more and more important as time goes on, you know, with the invention of AI and seeing how that's going to change the, you know, kind of landscape as far as making sure that everything stays up to snuff. I think it's just going to become more and more important for people to look into and and try to be proactive with this stuff because it's, Technology is not going anywhere, right? It's, and with AI, I think it's going to become a really interesting field very quickly, to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah, we recently uh, – we have a Friday uh, morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, a live show that we do each week. And a few weeks back, we had a fascinating gentleman by the name of Eric Chappell on, and uh, he worked for some uh, three-letter government agencies and had a unique view on – artificial intelligence and how it's developed and, you know, chat GPT where we can now go ask a question to a computer program and they give us a pretty, pretty great output in my opinion. And now that we're already here, you know, it's going to be interesting where we head to next. Um, It definitely impacts the general business ecosystem, but it also poses the question, you know, that we get asked commonly is where is that information going when my, you know, CFO or our legal officer wants start drawing up contracts using AI, you know, is our information just floating out there for anybody to use? And now they have access to our contracts. And um, so we kind of think about, you know, both the opportunity as well as the threat. We try not to get too focused on all the threats, but, you know, recognizing a lot of people see opportunity, you know, and if we can explore opportunity with folks and capitalize on it together, we can make sure that we're protected and, and we're helping protect them at the end of the day as well. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, as things develop and new new technologies come out, just being able to just at a baseline be able to look at it and say, okay, I can see some potential security risks with this new technology that's coming out. Let's plan for those now because we already know that there's going to become people that are going to want to try and, and push on those pain points or those weak links in that new technology. So just making sure that we already – right out the gate, have the right protections in place, but that we can still kind of take advantage of these cool new opportunities that are coming up every day. Yeah, there's a lot lot of excitement um, in the technology world. It usually comes at an interesting time from an economic standpoint. You know, we've seen throughout the different revolutions that we have, industrial revolutions and kind of the different phases we've gone through Um, as a country. Typically, technology rapidly enhances and advances when the economy is is kind of at a testing point. Um, So I think we're going to see a lot of developments over the next, you know, three, six, nine months um, into into really next year. And it's it's going to be, you know, for our team, we're really excited about it because it brings up the discussion. We're going into areas of unknown. Can you help us shine our flashlight on things that could potentially stop us from continually innovating as a company. And that to us is what gets us excited, where we don't we don't just get brought in to be the firefighter. We get to be the person who helps them inspect their business 
periodically and inspect their innovation inspect their innovation roadmap um, to a point that they feel so confident in it that they're not questioning themselves all the time. And I've been there as a business owner where, you know, we're expanding into this new market with a new product, but there's always that thought in the back of my head, what could go wrong? And I think every business owner, every mm-hmm. business leader thinks that way. And if we can give them a little bit more certainty, I think it's it's monumentally impactful. We've seen it as as a success case many times over. And we want to continue to repeat that for more and more business owners at the end of the day. And uh, I think we can say we left the world a little bit better off. Absolutely. And just having that peace of mind, I think, goes a long way for people, knowing that somebody who knows this stuff inside and out, they'll be able to have their back and make sure that they can focus on the stuff that they actually want to focus on, the business that they actually started, right? You know, they if they want to be involved in you know, making widgets or making pizzas or whatever their business is that they can focus on what they actually are interested in rather than all of the other stuff that comes with it. They can really just stay in the part that they're passionate about and and just go for it and have that confidence. Yeah, you're spot on, Amber. It's, you know, it, it means a lot to have peace of mind. I think there's no value from a dollar standpoint on peace of mind. So we try to we try to deliver that you know, with every conversation we have, uh, make it a part of our experience. And, you know, I think people really value that at the end of the day from a business standpoint. Um, be, you know, I wanted to leave the audience here with a couple of, of key takeaways, um, you know, something to keep in mind that we see companies doing um, that really is seeming to work. So I think from, you know, kind of putting putting my real estate hat on here, I know many of the listeners are um, in in the real estate market, um, yep. you know, funds, tr- funds transfers are happening all the time. Uh, make sure you have two people approve funds transfers, if at all possible. Um, that's definitely going to help. Um, multi-factor. Multi-factor is one of those things that have <clears throat> been around a while, but it's still not fully implemented across all the applications. So you probably have, you know, CRM. You have a database you're logging into to either, you know, if you're on the insurance side, to be able to pull up quotes, things of that nature. Make sure all those systems are multi-factored. Um, one of the things we see commonly in, you know, brokerages or um, companies that are going out there to the market providers is that they commonly don't understand who has access to what. Everybody just has access to everything. Um, so make sure you know who has access to what, you know, what portals, what types of information. Um, we're seeing nowadays as the economic environment tightens. Um, insider threat becomes more and more prevalent, which means inside companies, users potentially taking information um, because they need it to get through, you know, maybe they're selling it to a competitor or something of that nature. So making sure you always, as the business owner, as the executive, know who has access to what, um, not necessarily to micromanage it, but just to kind of have that level of awareness. Um, and then, you know, make sure you're training your folks. I think security, in our opinion, is so cultural that it's not even a question of how important people are to it. So when we're having conversations, like I said, you know, security people are commonly looked at as somewhat negative Nancy's because they're always looking at what could go wrong. Um, but it's not always the case. And you can, you know, we've gotten creative with companies to make it something that's fun, something that people value because they know at the end of the day, it's keeping the lights on. It's keeping them employed. It's keeping the paycheck coming into the bank account you know, every two weeks, every month, whatever the pay frequency is. And when they see those pieces of the puzzle, 
they really start to buy in and then they, they become your biggest security champions. And, you know, I was a former athlete, so I always valued when we had, you know, champions for the team, champions of us as individuals to be able to get better. Um, and as you have that cultural shift um, that we're seeing many companies strive for today, it's really amazing. You kind of get right back to that mindset as a business owner of my people are doing what's in my best, our best interest as a team and the best interest of the folks building the business. And they're having a lot of fun while they're doing it. Um, and that typically hasn't been said about a topic like cybersecurity. Um, but we like to kind of breathe that level of fresh air into the discussion. Um, and we find it to be resonating with quite a few companies uh, in today's market. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like that you and Valor are just generally doing a great service to people in the community around you. And I think that, you know, I really think you hit your head, uh, the nail on the head, so to speak, with it. You know, it's you're leaving the world better than, you know, how you joined it. So, you know, you're really kind of feeling confident that everybody around us is just going to become, you know, nourished by that engagement and that connection there. Absolutely. Trying to make, uh, you know, make a situation better than when we were once in that situation. Uh, I think that's what we, you know, can all do. Um, you know, I think that's something we can all do um, each day. Uh, and that's what we strive to do here at Valor. Um, but just as a person, I think, you know, we want to learn from the lessons that we've gone through. Um, we've all gone through challenges and had really unique experiences as individuals. And as long as we can learn from them, you know, wake up the next day a little bit better off. I think that's what uh, keeps the world turning around. Absolutely. Well, listen, Greg, it's been an awesome time having you on the show today. If someone wanted to reach out to you, you know, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, Amber, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, so definitely people can reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, so linkedin.com slash Greg dash Tomchik. Um, Valor Cybersecurity is also on there, and that's dash uh, Valor uh, hyphen cybersecurity. Um, we also have a Friday uh, live show at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time that um, airs on YouTube, Twitter, as well as LinkedIn. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, uh, that's definitely probably the best place to see all of our resources. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. We provide weekly um, cybersecurity tips that are relevant to your industry. Um, we also have something called the Valor Visibility Dashboard, which is a dashboard that is industry specific. Uh, it's on our industries, under our industries tab on the website where you can see relevant cyber threats to your industry and some of the recommendations that we are seeing work in the market. Um, it's a free resource. You know, like I said, we're lowering the barrier, um, but I can be reached at greg at uh, ballard-cybersecurity.com. Um, usually do a great job or try to do my best of getting back to folks in a timely manner. So if you reach out, I'll make sure to uh, follow up with you. And, you know, if you want to get started um, on your cybersecurity, you can check out our website. Our, our uh, 599 assessment is up there. Or happy to hop on a call, and you can you can give us a call directly. Um, our number is on our website, and we'd be happy to, to provide any information that you need to be empowered uh, from a security standpoint. And also, you know, we love to talk business, so if you want to run some things by us, on the business front and see kind of what we're seeing in, from our lens. Um, we'd love to do so and really here to support the community, like you said, Amber. Um, so definitely lead with that foot. Um, always open to a discussion and conversation. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I'm just so happy to hear of all these awesome resources for people to check out. You know, hopefully it's helpful for some of our listeners. 
And I really am happy that we had you on the show today. So thanks for coming on. Amber, thanks so much, and looking forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks so much to the listeners, and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting soon, Amber. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for coming. Thank you.